to the Crosside Radio Program, sponsored by Joshua Revolution. Crosside is a radio talk show dedicated to proclaiming the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you to open your Bibles with us as we study the life-changing revelation found within the scriptures in how to live the victorious Christian life. Now, let's go into the studio of Revolution Radio with your host, Pastor Mike Chory. Welcome tonight to Crossside Radio. This is your host, Mike Chory, and we're here for the next 60 minutes bringing you the greatest message that ever could be given about what Jesus did on Calvary to set you free. And tonight, coming off the heels of the last Trump, uh, studying, looking at the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation. And if you prayed with us tonight, listen, do yourself a, a, a favor. Call the Joshua Revolution office because what we want to do we want to send you a brand new Bible. We want to send you some materials on how to grow in your faith. We're going to send it to you postage paid, free of charge. We just want to help you to learn how to walk with Jesus. The number again to call 716-229-8000 or one 444 That's for Canada or anyone outside the Buffalo area, one 444 2920. And we're going to send you a copy of the New Testament Expositor Study Bible. It'll be a tremendous help. It comes King James. It's a leather bound Bible. And it also has a commentary that will help you to learn each and every verse, pretty much each and every verse. And uh, I, I can't send you anything that would help you more than the Expositor Study Bible. And it retails. I think that Bible goes for $25. We're sending it to you free of charge and made possible by the friends of Cross-Eyed Radio and The Last Trump. And I just want to mention to all of our regular listeners and just say a special thank you for last week, which was our radio fund. We do them every five, six weeks. And our goal of $4,000 was reached. We came up only about $250 short when we went off the air last night. And somebody Sunday morning donated that last $250. So our budget was reached and all our bills are paid on time. And we, we know for the next six weeks we're on the radio with you. You make it possible. And we just want to say thank you for every person that receives Christ, receives help, strength, learning the word of God. You are making that possible by your prayers and your generous giving. So thank you so very much. Hey, here tonight in studio with me to help me break it on down here at Crossside Radio is my co-host and buddy, Matt Piney. Matt, welcome tonight. Thank you, Pastor Mike. It's a pleasure to be here as always. I appreciate the opportunity. What's going on tonight? Are you, are you feeling it tonight? We're in the, the book of Acts. Absolutely. I didn't know where we were going to be, uh, but when I saw where you're at, I'm feeling it. I remembered where we left off last time. And I'm excited to get back into it. Amen. And we're going to be, for those at home, we're going to be in the third chapter of the book of, of Acts. And Maddie, we were laying out last week the importance of the doctrine of the apostles. Everything in the local church stems from the, what it, the church is teaching, what the church is preaching. And I'm afraid, and I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm afraid that many people today choose what church they're going to go to 
more based on location or programs for their children or, or, or how big the church is, what the facilities are like. They put all of that be ahead of the most important thing. What is the church preaching and teaching? Absolutely. And, you know, I can attest to that because me and my wife used to be that way. Um, it wasn't even something we really did consciously. It's just like the natural, practical thing if you're not really thinking it through of what am I going to look at um, when I'm choosing a church. And then insofar as we did look at doctrine, we were kind of looking at some of the things we grew up with. And insofar as we wanted it to be biblical, we had a very shallow view of what the Bible actually taught, you know. We spent too much time reading books in the Christian bookstore instead of reading the Bible itself and having that nice firm foundation and really being discipled and then going from that to, okay, now I'm going to find a church where God wants me. Well, I want to tonight, and we're, we're going to go into one of the pillars of doctrine tonight, divine healing. But I want to lay this out for our listeners so there's no mistake in what we're talking about when we talk about sound doctrine. First and foremost, the, the church, whatever church you choose, must be preaching the cross, must be preaching salvation for the sinner, that it's by grace through faith alone that you are saved. And you cannot, uh, you cannot l- grow in the Lord you cannot even be saved without the preaching of the cross. So ask yourself the question where you go to church, is my pastor preaching Christ in him crucified? The apostle Paul, who wrote over half of the New Testament, he said, I have determined not to know anything else but Jesus Christ in him crucified. Now, does that mean he didn't preach on marriage or he didn't preach on, on how to raise your children? Sure, you look at the the writings, you will see that he covered those things and much more. But what he was saying is everything that he taught came from the foundation of the cross. That must be paramount. That must be what you're hearing. That must be what you're understanding. Jesus Christ and him crucified is the only means. Jesus is the only source And the cross is the only means for salvation. And there should be altar calls given on a regular basis, if not every week, for people to receive the Lord or come back to the Lord as the message of the cross is preached. Right. And, you know, I can attest, and I I, I tell this story because I think a lot of people probably see it this way, that I used to think the message of the cross was really only a message for unbelievers who needed to know how to be saved. And so I didn't want to hear it in church. I'm like, I'm already saved. I think everybody here is already saved based on the fact that we got up and came to church this morning. So don't tell me about the cross. Give me something else that's going to help me. And it's because I had this shallow view of the cross. I didn't understand what it really meant and how it could really help me in my daily life as a Christian as well. And if you look at the Apostle Paul's letters to churches, he was talking about the cross all through these letters pointing them back to the cross. You guys are getting away. You're starting to focus on these rules. You're going back to the law. And he's telling them, come back to the message of the cross. Come back to where you first saw the light and were set free, because that's still where the power is, even as a Christian. Amen. And you will see what Paul said. I mean, for example, he said in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by faith, the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So he was preaching the cross for the believer. And when you see, uh, and we can give many scriptures tonight, but Luke 9, 23, if Jesus said, if any man wants to come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. So that right there, Matt, the cross is not something you leave. It's something you have to go back to. You have to pick it up, the benefits of it, understanding a death to self, and I'm living for Christ on a daily basis. Right, and that verse you've been quoting, 1 Corinthians 2, 2, where Paul said to the Corinthians that while he was among them, he determined to know nothing save Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you study that out in Acts 18, look especially at verses 1 and 11, he was there in Corinth for 18 months. And it says he was there preaching the word of God among them. And then what did he say he was doing there for not just when they first got saved, but what was he teaching them for the entire 18 months? He said, nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And, and, and that so many churches today, I'm afraid, have move, moved away from the cross. And when you read the book of Galatians, and you could read almost all the epistles, there is all Paul and the writers are always trying to bring the church back to where it began, where they first found the Lord. And, you know, I'm thinking of Galatians chapter three and, and this, this particular passage is, is, I mean, I could preach this, uh, every Sunday. That's how much it excites me. And it, and he said to the church at Galatia, he said, Oh, foolish Galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. So right there, Paul is calling the church of Galatia foolish. And that word, you can look it up. I mean, it, it's a very strong word. And they're foolish because they have allowed false doctrine to come in and to pull them away from Jesus Christ and the, and the cross. And he goes on in verse two, he says, this only what I learn of you. Did you receive the spirit speaking of the Holy spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If it, if it yet be in vain. And then he said, he therefore who ministers to you, the spirit, the Holy spirit and works miracles among you. Does he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? I mean, you can just sense in these scriptures, how the Holy spirit through Paul is trying to pull the church back to Calvary, back to the finished work and faith in what Jesus did. And if the church moves away from that, you only have one place to go. You're going to go to law. You're going to start trying to perform and try to perfect yourself by your own fleshly strength. And it's no match for the devil. Man, if I could say 
one thing to a struggling believer tonight, I would say this. You are no match for Satan. I am no match for the devil. I mean, I, I, I'm as weak as anyone else without the power of the Holy Spirit, without my faith in the finished work of the cross. And if I ever think I've arrived as a Christian, if I ever think I don't need Calvary, you know how quickly Satan could come in and just get me right back into sin. So what Paul is saying, you must not leave where you first came into. When you first were born again, you learned it was all about Jesus and Calvary. Church, don't move away from that. And he's saying not to leave it because it's enough. It's a finished work. That's why he's so harsh with him, calls him, oh, foolish Galatians. And some of the Greek scholars say that that could be translated, oh, idiot Galatians. He's being very harsh with them because they're trying to add their own righteousness and their own works to the cross as if what Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough. was not enough for them to be righteous, for them to be made perfect. And what a foolish thing. I came in here. I taught you this message of the cross. It was enough for you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now you think it's not enough to progress in your Christian walk. And he's saying, that is just foolishness. Come back to what I taught you and get rid of this junk where you think you're adding to what Jesus has done. Yeah, and today what people, many Christians are chasing after is the prophetic. They want to hear a prophetic word. Uh, They want somebody to prophesy over them. They want, you know, to hear about the blessings, the prosperity. And so when they come in and they hear the message of the cross and the preacher's telling them, you need to repent. You need to put your faith in the finished work of the cross. You need to surrender to the Lord. And that preacher, whomever he may be, starts to deal with pride, starts to deal with doubt and unbelief. Many people today leave that church because they want something that will tickle their ears. They want something that's going to promise them blessing, prosperity. And friend, let me tell you something tonight. The Lord's message is not, it's not a message of, how do I say this, uh, um, uh, for, for cream puffs. It's not for um, those that are looking for something soft. It was a bloody cross, Matt. Mm-hmm. He laid down his life. And if you want to follow Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. And, and when you preach this message, it's going to cut. It's going to offend people, but it's also going to bless, incredibly bless those whose faith is in Christ. And they're going to love the message. But when you preach the cross, they're either going to love you or they're going to hate you. And you know how I know that? Because I've experienced it for the last 40 years and particularly since we've been pastoring a church. But when I look in the Bible, Jesus experienced that Mm -hmm. God in the flesh They wouldn't listen to him. They rejected his message. Right. And, you know, coming from a Word of Faith church and kind of being in those Word of Faith circles, which also tend towards the prosperity message and the prophetic, you know, I can can attest the response would probably be to what you said, that the Bible teaches that there is prosperity and blessing for the Christian. 
But let me tell you this. Here's what they don't know, and here's what I didn't know. Christ is the riches. Christ yeah. is the blessing. His spirit in us, if we have that, we have everything. Yeah. And we don't need anything else. That's what you got to come back to. It's all about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. It's not about the worldly things one iota. Well, and, and I see this t- today in Pentecostal charismatic churches that they love the prophetic. And we, we just read it last hour. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The prophets weren't running around in the Old Testament giving words for people. They were giving them the word of God for the nation, the word of God of the coming redeemer. And so, so we, we've got to get off our high horse. And does God still speak to you individually? Will he give you a word? Absolutely. But it's not the way I hear it today. Right. You know, it's always about, uh, usually about prosperity, usually about money, usually about possessions, usually about promotion. When I listen to Joel Osteen, that's what I hear. I don't hear about death to self. I don't hear about surrender. I don't hear about Jesus. You know, when I listen, you know, I turn him on. It's all about you. I mean, his books are revealing your best life now. Everything is about you. And that's the prosperity preacher. That's not how uh, how Peter, Paul, James, John, or even Jesus. That's not how they preached Jesus is the master preacher. Study the Sermon on the Mount and tell me when you listen to the Sermon on the Mount, does it sound like some of these modern preachers? No, because they got self on the throne. And today the Lord is saying, come back to the cross, come back to the simplicity of the gospel. And here's the amazing truth of the message of the cross. The Holy Spirit only moves through the cross. Right. So when you believe in something that isn't Jesus Christ and him crucified, the Holy Spirit is grieved. He's quenched. And it doesn't mean he leaves you if you're born again, but he's not going to be functioning and flowing as he wants to in your life. So what does God say? Come back to your first love. Matt, you were talking about the uh, old foolish Galatians. In Galatians Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, interesting uh, how Paul says it. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him who called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And then he says, which is not another, but there be some who trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. The perversion of of the cross is when people add to it or take away from it. Right. And I'm, I, you know, I don't mean to offend anyone, but the word of faith preachers, they put their faith in your confession. Right. They put faith in faith. Exactly. And they lose the power of the Holy spirit. Who's only working through proper faith in Christ and him crucified. Right. Every time the Bible talks about believing every time the Bible talks about faith, You should be looking in the context for what is it telling me to put my faith in? 
Who is it telling me to put my faith in? Because it's not just some generic faith. Believe the miracle will happen and it will happen. Right. Believe that money comes to me and money comes to me. It's no. Believe in Christ and what he's done. And then Christ, as we talked about, will minister the Holy Spirit in my life and do things in my life that aren't really about my own personal wealth and blessing, but they're about the advancement of the gospel and about my sanctification. And then when you reach that point of understanding the cross for salvation and for victorious living, as you mentioned, sanctification, we are also taught in the book of Acts, which we've already covered, this tremendous subsequent blessing after salvation of being filled with the Spirit and what the book of Acts teaches, what we teach here and believe is that when one is filled with the Spirit, you will be given the gift of speaking with other tongues as the evidence that you have been filled. And you don't need to speak in tongues to be saved. No, the, the thief on the cross proved that. All the Old Testament saints, they didn't speak in tongues. But tongues is an, a prayer language that's given on the day of Pentecost and is continued all the way to this day and all the way to the end of the, till Jesus comes. And it is meant as an evidence that you've been baptized with the power of the spirit. And we taught that in Acts 2 and in Acts 3. And tonight we want to go to Acts chapter 3 on another of the apostles doctrine. And this is Jesus heals. So we've covered Jesus saves, Jesus sanctifies, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And now this miraculous, miraculous truth that Jesus heals. And I want us to read, Matt's going to read for you. Let's read uh, chapter 3, 1 through 6, Matt, for our listeners at home. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them who entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up, and walk. And let's read the th- uh, seventh and eighth in the ninth verse. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with, the, with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, this miracle that Matt just read is just, it's one of my favorite miracles of the church and 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 this is really the first healing that we see after the holy spirit has fallen on the day of pentecost and when we look into the ministry of jesus and we look in matthew mark luke and john matt his whole ministry was filled with divine healing every person that ever came to jesus for healing he got healed right we don't see any record of a him praying for someone and they weren't healed. The Lord had the spirit of God without measure. He was God. Right. 
we have the Holy Spirit with measure. And so many times we pray for the sick and we don't immediately see a healing. But on occasion, we will see an immediate healing. I have seen that in my own life, in our own ministry through the years. And every time God chooses to do it, there's nothing like it. And I mean, it builds faith in everyone around you. I remember years ago, I was up uh, this, I had only been saved a couple years and my mother took sick and she became very weak and she was in the bed. If I remember for 21 days, she could not get out of bed even to make dinner. And we were very, very concerned with her as any family would. And as a new believer, I really didn't have faith at that time. So I thought to lay my hands on my mother and believe for her healing. And so as my mother was up in the bedroom, I, it was a, a Sunday and I went to church. Like I said, I only been a Christian a couple of years. And after church, the people from the church that invited me to come Um, they took us out on their boat and they gave us lunch. It was a beautiful day. And I got home late afternoon and I I walked into the house and my dad was sitting on the couch and my dad really read me the riot act. I mean, he really gave it to me. And he said, your mother's up in bed. She's been sick for 21 days and you don't even have the decency to come home you're out on a boat, you're out, you know, having lunch and here your mother's up there and and she is just really sick. And I mean, the conviction hit me and I realized, Lord, I'm, I've messed up. I, my dad's right. I'm so busy doing things for God. My own mother's sick and I'm ignoring her. And Matt, all of a sudden it wasn't even a few minutes later. I started to get the worst abdominal pain. And that day I went up to my room and I mean, I cried out to Jesus. <laughs> I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, this has got to come out. I was, I was in so much pain from my stomach to my back. And I mean, I won't go much farther, but it came out like Niagara Falls. And I could hardly get to, my, to the bathroom sink and, and I made a mess all over my, my, my bathroom floor. And Matt, I literally crawled back to my bedroom, crawled, mm-hmm. got into the bed. And the next thing I knew, it was the next morning. I got up and I was feeling much better. And I went downstairs. I looked first in the bathroom. It was completely clean. And I had no idea. And when I went downstairs, my dad, I said, Dad, who... I'm so sorry I got sick and I, I was too weak to even clean up my own vomit. Who cleaned up? Because I'm thinking I can't see my dad doing that. <laughs> he said, your mother got down on her hands and knees wow. and cleaned up your vomit. Wow. Matt, I cried before the Lord and I went to my Bible and I can't, I think I was in the 91st Psalm and God gave me the gift of faith to go pray for her. And I went into the, her, her room and I laid my hands on her and I prayed in the name of Jesus, Lord, you would heal mom. You would bring her out of this sick bed. And after I got done praying, I told her I loved her 
and I had to go somewhere that morning. I left the house. And a few hours later, I came back. And Matt, this is how, uh, I don't know how to say it, but how clueless I really was. My mom, when I came home, was up making soup. And I, I dropped my things off. I said a few things to her. And I was like, Ma, I got to go back out. I got to meet this guy. And, he, and she said to me, Mike, don't you see? I'm up. And all of a sudden I said, Mom, are you, you are up. And I said, are, she said, just moments after you prayed for me and left, I got strength in my body. I got out of bed. I got cleaned up. And now I'm making soup. And Matt, she was completely healed. And I want you to know tonight, listener, he is still in the miracle business. Sometimes I wonder, is he faithful? Does he see me in my trouble? Does he understand? Sometimes I question if he's able. Can he rescue? Can he save me again and again? But when I Sometimes those voices try to tell me I'm forgotten and I'm falling too far from his hands. But I know what kind of God he is and I'm trusting in his promises. I'm believing and I'm singing. Yes, he
Yes, he did. Talking about Calvary. So yes, he can. That's Cain. Yes, he can. He can save you tonight. He can deliver you tonight. He can heal you tonight. He can baptize you with his Holy Spirit tonight. He can do it because Calvary covers it all. Tonight here on Cross-Eyed Radio, we're in the third chapter of the book of Acts. And we want to just welcome you tonight to the broadcast. If you're a new listener, why don't you drop us a line and say, I'd like to get it on the Joshua Revolution mailing list. If you don't get our monthly newsletter tonight, you can sign up for that. It's free of charge. All you need to do is call our office tonight. Operators are waiting to say, I'd like to get on the mailing list and hear more about Joshua Revolution. Matt, what do they call? In the local area, they can call 716-229-8000. That's 716-229-8000. Or from outside this area, you can call toll-free at 1-888-444-2920. That's 1-888-444-2920. And when you get the newsletter, you're going to get some great stuff on you know, upcoming events, all our resources, our study guides, our Bibles, our books that we sell. And so you you should be on our mailing list. If you don't uh, get our newsletter, why don't you give us a call tonight and you can get on the mailing list. Also, for those in the greater Buffalo, Western New York area or Southern Ontario, you're looking for a local church. Why don't you check out Cross River Tabernacle? We're located at 2920 Grand Island Boulevard right by the North Bridge as you would go over to Niagara Falls. Uh, Actually, as you come over the bridge on the South Bridge, the 190 heading to Niagara Falls, we are the last exit before the bridge, and it's Smith Road. You get off that exit, make a right, and we're just down on the right-hand side, about about a mile down, Cross River Tabernacle. We are a full gospel church, much going on there, outreaches, conferences, and missions trips, we want you and your family to grow in the Lord. That's the bottom line, to learn the Bible. We have the School of Joshua every Wednesday night, and there's so much going on at Cross River Tabernacle. Matt, I'm so thankful for our church. The people are so loving, so hungry for God. Uh, I, I wouldn't go anywhere else. Even if I wasn't the pastor, I wouldn't go anywhere else. I love Cross River. Amen. It's been a huge blessing to my family. Um First church where we really got discipled. Um, we're really connected. It's easy to get connected. The people are so loving and welcoming, and uh, the worship is amazing. It's amazing, and uh, it, it's it's a church like no other. Me and my wife traveled all over in the army, trying out different churches at different army bases we went to, and we've never found anything like Cross River. Yeah, and you know we we're we're so blessed to be connected to the fellowship of World Evangelism Bible Fellowship, the ministry of Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, Sun Life Broadcasting Network. And we have the uh, honor and privilege to have speakers from SBN coming in annually, like Dave Borg or Bob Cornell, John Rosenstern, Donnie Swaggart. We get the best of the best. and We're just a small little church, but God has given us just incredible gifts of preaching and teaching. And you know, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So we've got to do something with that. And that's part of the reason we're on radio. We want to spread this message far and wide. And you might be listening tonight and never be able to make a trip over to Grand Island. But we really, we really see you as a part of our ministry. Those of you that listen regularly and call in, and so we, we're bigger than the four walls of our church, and we just want you to know we love you, we care about you, 
And if there's anything that we can do for you or your family, call us. You have prayer needs tonight. Call the ministry and let the operators know um, that you have a prayer need. And and we will be lifting that up before the Lord. All right, we're going back to Acts chapter 3. And Matt, this is revolutionary, Acts chapter 3. You know, our, our ministry, our outreach ministry is Joshua Revolution. And Joshua is the English translation of the name Yeshua, Jesus. And Jesus, here in the book of Acts, he is revolutionary, revolutionizing the church and showing the church that he wants to use the leaders in the church to lay hands on the sick and to see divine healing. We know Jesus heals. But the question is, does Jesus heal through another? Does he heal through the minister? Does he heal through the prayer warrior? Does he heal that, that lady at home that just gets on her knees and asks God to touch him or touch her? And, and he does it. And the answer to all of that is, yes, he does. Yes, he can. And, and tonight, let's just look a little closer at this. What's the first thing that jumps out, man, as you read this tremendous miracle in Acts 3? I mean, really, to me, the thing that jumps out to me is the context of it. You know, they had crucified Jesus, and even though he's been risen from the dead, a lot of people don't know that. And now here are his apostles beginning to do the things that he always did, those miracles, that miraculous. And they're preaching, Jesus is risen, and this miracle that just took place was done by his name through faith in his name. So that's what jumps out at me. It's evidence that, no, you didn't get the best of Jesus. What these apostles are saying is true. Jesus is the Messiah, and he is risen from the dead because the same miracles that he did, these apostles of his are now doing. Amen. And, and you know, what jumps out at me, first verse, is it was the hour of prayer. It says Peter and John were going into the temple at the hour of prayer. So the early church had a regular hour of prayer and it wasn't weekly, it was daily. And so it was a praying church. So the thing I want to say tonight for all the churches out there, do you have a prayer meeting? Prayer is so important. And you never know when you go to the church prayer meeting, when somebody's going to get healed. If you need divine healing, you should go to that prayer meeting and ask God to touch you. They were going at three o'clock in the afternoon was their prayer time. And why was it three o'clock? Because Jesus died and gave up the ghost at three o'clock. And so they were meeting in the temple and there's this lame man who's, he's at the gate and the Bible says he's been a paralytic. He's been lame right from his mother's womb. He's never walked a day in his life. And he said, the Bible says that they would carry and lay him at the gate daily. And he's there because he knows church folks are generous and he's begging for money. He can't work. How does he, how does he get money? He gets it through begging. And the Bible says when he said to Peter and John, he reached out to ask of them to give him some money, a few shekels. The Bible said Peter, 
Peter fastened his eyes. And I don't know, man, I might be reading between the lines, but when it says he fastened his eyes upon John, the man did. Uh, let me say it good. Uh, Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John. So it's Peter looking at the lame man. I'm wondering in that moment if God didn't speak to Peter and say, I want to heal this man right now. Because there is such a confidence in Peter and there's no scripture in Acts 1 or 2 where we see Peter, James, or John seeing a miracle where they laid hands. They had seen many miracles where Jesus did. Of course, now Jesus sent them out, so I got to be careful. Jesus sent them out uh, to the streets, so they did see the healing miracles, and so there was faith there. But the point I'm trying to make is, does God heal every person that we lay hands on? No. But I do believe that God heals every person that he leads you to and says, I'm going to heal that one. That every time. And so we have to really be in tune. What is the Lord saying? And, and when we don't know, we just pray for God's best. We are, I'm going to pray for the sick even when I haven't heard from God. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them healed miraculously even when I didn't get a word. But, but Peter... The point here is Peter had faith. What, what it sounds like to me, you're kind of differentiating there, is that, you know, any Christian should be praying for healing. But as we see in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, there is a gift of faith. There's a gift of healing. And I, I noticed in your story earlier about your, your mom, you said, God gave me the gift of faith to go pray for her. Like he moved upon you. Right. So it does seem to me like there's something to that. We should always pray for healing. But there's also going to be times that God moves on us in a special way to demonstrate the resurrection of Jesus, as I talked before, and the power of the cross, and he does it through those spiritual gifts. Yeah, and that's so important. I mean, um, um, in James, it talks about that if we waver when we pray, if if we have this thought that we're not going to receive, don't expect anything. So faith has to be present. And it's and and God blesses that faith. And of course, Peter, James, and John had seen so many miracles. There was faith that Jesus heals. And tonight you may have never seen a, a physical miracle, but you can read about it. And if he did it in the Bible, he's doing it now. And I know, you know, these healings that we have seen over the years and we've seen them at our events we saw them just in erie pennsylvania it does build your faith stronger and stronger and it's and and not only does it build faith matt it brings people to jesus and so the church should be always taking opportunity to anoint the sick with oil and laying hands because god wants to heal And he does. Amen. And, you know, if I could just share a little bit more of my own, you know, kind of walk through this whole subject, talked about coming out of those word of faith circles and prosperity message and stuff. Um, What I always heard, because, you know, when you're in those circles, they're always talking about healing. They think they're the experts on healing. And they're always focusing on something that the person who got healed did, something they said, something they did, something they thought. 
And I don't, I don't purport to be an expert on healing, but what I've noticed as I look at the Bible, kind of step back away from that and just really see what the Bible's telling me, the, the commonality between all of them and everybody who's ever been healed is they were looking to Jesus as the one. Right. It wasn't some work they performed, some magic formula, something they said. It's that their faith was in Jesus. They believed he was who he said he was. I am the son of God. I am the one in Isaiah who came to heal the brokenhearted. They believed that, and so they believed he could touch them and heal those illnesses. Amen. And so when he, John and, and Peter, looked at this man, the Bible says that Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That is the only name that can heal. There's power in the name of Jesus. The Bible uh, tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Friend, the name of Jesus makes demons tremble, makes the kingdom of darkness tremble. There is power in the name of Jesus. When we lay hands at church on a Sunday morning, anointing them in the name of Jesus, and we pray that prayer of faith, we say in the name of Jesus, believing only through the name of Christ and Based on what he did at Calvary, we can be healed. And so there is healing in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And he said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand. Man, I love that. He, John, Peter took him by the right hand and they lifted him up. And then it says immediately his faith and ankle bones receive strength. So there's that first step of faith that's reaching out, Peter reaching for him and, and, and pulling him up. And the Bible says he got strong in the ankle bones, received strength. And he leaped up and he stood and he walked. Now think about this. This man has never walked a day in his life. And he entered into the temple and the Bible says walking, leaping and praising God. I love that. Amen. And that's what you and I would be doing, walking and leaping and praising God. And then it says, all the people saw the lame man walking and praising God. And they knew that it was the man who would sit daily at that gate begging for alms. And the Bible says that the people were filled with wonder and amazement. And, and you know, Matt, one miracle like this could start a huge revival just one miracle amen absolutely and you know what a reason to pray for that because that's really what it's all about these miracles are to give glory to the name of jesus and to confirm the gospel that's why god healed through the apostles because he wanted to confirm as we talked about before their doctrine the message they were preaching jesus christ and him crucified so, number one, if you want to see healing, you want to see revival, you got to get that message right. You got to get the doctrine right because God will not confirm a false message. He, he will not do a healing through a false prophet. You got to be right Man. on doctrine and have your faith not in some formula, but in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And I believe that's when we can see him move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Matt, the Bible goes on. Here and says in the next chapter, because of this one man, 
being healed, 5,000 people came to know the Lord. One miracle can start a revival. And don't we need it right now? Don't we need to see a manifestation of the Holy Spirit that would be so undeniable that it would bring the prodigals home? It would bring the backsliders home. It would bring the agnostics to Jesus Christ. Friend, every church should be believing for a miracle like this. Lame man walking. And, and, and you know what? The church today, most don't even pray for the sick. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a prayer meeting. And we wonder why we're not seeing these kind of miracles. And so we must come back to the, the, the corporate prayer meeting. We must come back to laying hands, anointing them with oil, as James chapter 5 says. And I want to I just say this to those that might be sick tonight. James chapter 5, and I just want us to go over there in a few minutes we have here. James chapter 5 gives you what to do if you're sick. And it says in James chapter 5, verse 13, is any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. If you have an infirmity tonight, you're sick. Call your pastor. Have him come over to your house. If you're not well enough to get to church, the pastor will come over and ask him to anoint you with oil and to pray the prayer of faith. Because the Bible says here in verse 15, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Did you hear what I just read? Sin sometimes can be in the way of your healing. So make sure you confess your sins. Make sure everything is right between you and the Savior and you and your fellow man. So nothing is blocking your, your, your prayers to, for healing. But, man, I think a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't want to bother the pastor. He's got a lot on his plate. No, listen, the role of every pastor is to pray for the sick. That's one of the things we do. And you, But the Bible didn't say for the pastor to call you. He said if you're mm-hmm. sick, you call the pastor. And, again, you might be able to go to church tomorrow and get that prayer for you, and he doesn't have to come over to your house. But if you can't get to church— or maybe it's even over the phone. Call him, and he'll pray for you. Matt, we've got to be a church that really is anointing the sick and believing for these miracles because God, Jesus Christ, my Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've seen those miracles, but we're praying and asking God for more. Amen. And, you know, it's not because you don't ask the pastor because the pastor some miracle man or spiritual giant you know pastors are people just like us but ideally they're mature enough to understand these things pastor mike has been teaching tonight they're mature enough to understand that it's all about the faith in the name of jesus anoint them with oil in the name of the lord and so they're they have that maturity where they're not come seeking glory for themselves but only glory for the lord so that's not why you call them is is 
you know, I, I'm saying this because a lot of churches are that way. They, they think like, you know, these prosperity churches, this pastor has some special gift yeah. and that's not what it's about. It's really just all about Jesus. Yes. Amen. And tonight I believe, Matt, there are some people listening that need a miracle. You, you have a sickness in your body and I want to believe tonight for God to heal you. The cross of Calvary was for your healing. You say, how so, preacher? If you go over to Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, it says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, with his stripes, we are healed. So he not only went to the cross to die for sin, but he also can heal you through his precious blood that was shed by his stripes, we are healed. And yes, that's speaking spiritually, but it's also physical. And if that wasn't true, then Jesus wouldn't have been healing all these people in his ministry, and he wouldn't have healed that lame man at the temple gate. It's possible. The Bible says he is no respecter of persons, for God so loved the whole world. He loves you tonight. And I tonight with Matt want to pray for you. And we're not there in your home to be able to anoint you with oil. But I have oil in my hand tonight. And I'm just going to believe that the Holy Spirit's going to anoint you right now. And as we pray the prayer of faith, God, I'm asking that you would touch my brother and my sister. From the crown of their head, to the bottom of their feet, Lord, you would minister healing. Lord, as the woman with the issue of blood reached her hand for the hem of your garment, that when she touched the hem of your garment, healing virtue went out. Lord, she pulled it out of you. Tonight, I pray that people that need a touch tonight by their faith would pull it out of you and you would touch them and heal them. Lord, you healed my mom many years ago and you showed me that I must be compassionate for the sick. And tonight, Lord God, we just pray for the church to have compassion on those who are hurting, those who need a miracle from God. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would heal, you would deliver, you would save tonight. Tonight, if you're not a Christian, Jesus will heal your soul. Just ask him to come into your heart right now. Ask him to forgive your sins. And that is the greatest healing of all. And if you need deliverance tonight, call on the name of Jesus. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in that word, saved is deliverance. And then tonight, if you need physical healing, just believe right now. Matt, I'm going to ask you to pray. We just have a moment here, but I'm going to have Matt pray as well for your healing tonight. Lord, I just pray right now that those who are listening, that you would send your spirit into their lives, into their hearts, their minds, and their physical bodies, Lord, and you would glorify your son Jesus in them, Lord God. You would testify in their bodies of his resurrection, of the power of 
the cross, Lord God, and the power of Jesus Christ in them to heal, Lord God. He was a healer then. He's a healer now, and he'll always be a healer because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I ask you, Lord, yes, glorify your son tonight. Touch let the people. world know, let the listeners know them, that Jesus, Jesus lives name. and Jesus saves and Jesus heals. Yes, And God. I ask you this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, be healed, be whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that healing. And tonight, if you have prayed with us to be saved, you've called on him to be delivered or to be healed tonight, and you believe he's done that work, I want you to call right now this number and let the operator know, I believe, I've come to Jesus. I believe he healed me tonight. Matt, the phone number to call. 716-229-8000 in the local area. That's 716-229-8000. 8,000, or you can call toll-free at 1-888-444-2920. That's 1-888-444-2920. Go to your phones tonight, and we're going to offer the book on the Holy Spirit. For everyone that's prayed to receive the Lord or to be healed tonight, you believe you've been touched, we're going to send you that book, The Mighty River, God's Greatest Gift to the Church, the Holy Spirit. We want to send it to you. Postage paid, free of charge, just for calling tonight. Thank you for listening. God bless you. To God be the glory for everyone who've received tonight. You have been listening to Cross-Eyed, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If Crossside has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony of how the program has helped you. If you would like to support Crossside financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, P.O. Box 923, Grand Island, New York, 14072, or go online to joshuarevolution.org. We thank you for your help and prayers, and remember to tune in next week at 9.30 p.m. for Crossside, a radio show proclaiming the message of the cross.